This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Welcome to the Sharkpreneur podcast with Kevin Harrington and Seth Green. Kevin Harrington is the inventor of the infomercial one of the original sharks from the hit TV show Shark Tank, and has generated over $5 billion in TV and digital direct response sales. Seth Green is the world's first trusted authority on cutting-edge direct response marketing, a best-selling author, and the only three-time Marketer of the Year nominee. On the podcast, Kevin and Seth interview sharkpreneurs who share straight talk on what it takes to explode your business. Why do so many businesses struggle while others seem to explode overnight? Do you wish you had the secret to this type of exponential growth? Now, I've scaled more than 20 businesses to over $100 million, and it's not just luck. In my new book with Mark Tim, Mentor to Millions, you'll learn the repeatable framework I use in all my business ventures for massive success. Order at KevinMentor.com and get over $1,000 in bonuses. Head to KevinMentor.com. Welcome to the Sharkpreneur Podcast. This is your co-host, Seth Green. With me, as always, is the inventor of the infomercial and the original shark on the hit TV series, Shark Tank, Kevin Harrington. Kevin, thanks so much for being here. Hey, Seth, let's have a lot of fun today. we got a great guest. <laughs> yes, we do. Bond Halbert is the son of the late, great Gary Halbert. No family has ever made a bigger impact on copywriting than the Halberts. Bond is often regarded as the best copywriting instructor in the world and an incredibly brilliant and successful marketer and entrepreneur in his own right. Bond, thank you so much for joining us. Glad to be here. Thank All you right, for so inviting me. You are very welcome. So you learned copywriting, arguably at the knee of one of the most successful, prolific copywriters of all time. Yes. And that, that, that process was well-documented in his book, The Boron Letters. What made you take to it so much? You could have easily rebelled against your dad and gone the other way and said, I don't want anything to do with this marketing crap. Uh, to tell you the truth, early on in my life, I realized that, you know, I, I mean, really early, I realized I had a lot of the same qualities as other members of my family. And there were some things I wanted to emulate and some things that I wanted to like look out for. And one of them was my dad's ability to make money. And to be honest with you, you know, he was kind of like down on his luck one time because he, you know, he had no respect for money. He made money. He loved the game of making sales and so forth, but he'd blow his money just as quickly. And so one day I was walking with him and I was like, you know, I'm incredibly lucky. And he says, why? I said, well, my brothers got to know, you know, the, they had all the benefits of enjoying being rich children. I said, but I get to see how you make your money now. I'm going to pay attention. And he just thought that was super smart. So unlike a lot of people who were born into a family and then, you know, start, you know, they're forced into doing it. He just started taking me around and taking me to high level business meetings and direct response marketing from the get-go, he had even pulled me out of school sometimes to go to meetings with top um, advertising um, uh, masterminds and, you know, list brokers and so forth. In fact, my first job was at a list broker. So I just took on, I took on to it because 
I re I realized that his skills at persuasion and it was it was just magic. And I also noticed that the way everybody else noticed it was like really magic. And I was like, this is something to pay attention to. Hey, Bon, was there a a, a point in in your early years when there was a a, a breakthrough eureka moment that you said I really know how to copy right now? Um, tell you the truth, it um, what my dad would actually he'd have everybody read his copy. He'd have everybody read his ads, and he he wanted two reactions. There was a a good friend of his named Eric who had a gut feeling that was terrible, and so every time he thought that it was going to be something great, it would bomb. And every time that I read it and I thought it was great, it was something that would do well. So he always wanted him to say it was bad, and he wanted me to say it was good. <laughs> um, but no, it wasn't, it, you know, the thing is, uh, his proteges and he's had several of them. Um, we all focused on kind of like different things and mine was big idea and solutions. It was the ability to reframe the way people think about a purchase, the way that people, you know, uh, it was persuasion, persuasion skill. Right. And I knew I had it when I could get people, um, I could get some of the top copywriters to start changing some of the things that they were doing on their uh, on their uh, on their own pro uh, promotions and stuff, and it was kind of like a wag the dog moment where I'm like, wait a minute, hey, I see that, you know, now they're doing something similar to which I started doing, and I just got it at this like kind of core cellular level that you know. So my dad has a famous A pal B pal speech, which is about how to get your uh, junk mail opened and read. Yeah. Okay. Well, I translated that into how to get your emails open and read, but in a, in a way that I never saw other people doing it. So for example, his first, and I won't go through the whole speech, his first speech was like, you know, he, he invented the term gun to the head marketing, because what he did was he was, ha he was following everybody's advice and it really wasn't working. And he said, I sat down and imagined somebody had a gun to my head. Now, I know my father was very extreme with everything, so he wouldn't publicly say that, you know, he imagined the gun was to his family's head or something, but, you know, he would think in these extreme terms. He said, what would I do differently? And he started realizing how people sort their mail. They'd come home from a long day and sort it over a trash bin, right? And um, then they, you know, so he figured out, you know what? Everybody then told him to use a window envelope and, you know, a metered uh, stamp because it was cheaper to put out the mail that way. And if that got, you know, that would say they needed like one less order to get the sale, right? Yeah. But he realized if I needed the sale, I need this to look like a personal piece of mail. So he threw out labels. He threw out, you know, window envelopes. He used an honest to God stamp, a first class stamp, all this kind of stuff, right? And when he passed away, everybody was like, okay, that's good. Still great stuff for direct mail. And I was like, wait a minute, it's still good stuff for um, email marketing as well and modern marketing. I said, you know how people sort their emails with different email addresses, you know? So I was the first one going after primary email addresses and I would develop techniques to make sure that you were getting a primary email address to get higher open rates because everybody has a personal, they might have a work, sometimes they have a hobby and everybody's got that spam email address because some marketers got the solution to what they want, but they won't give it unless you, you know, sign up for their, you know, sign up for their list back in the day. And so 
I would just turn around and say, okay, I would give them a reason, you know, to give me a primary email address. I say, look, we throw these flash sales often. And if you don't jump on them, people get mad at us if you, you know, so enter a primary, if they miss them. So enter a primary email address you check often. And then um, use the Facebook sign up button. Because if you do that, everybody uses a primary email address because they want to know if somebody's talking about them, you know. And so I would develop these techniques and all of a sudden the open rates would go up. And, but that came from that core understanding. It wasn't just the tactics my dad was using, it was the principle, figuring out the process for which people are going through and signing up and um, sorting through their mail. So, you know, everybody wakes up in the morning and they sort through their email inbox with their finger on the delete button, trying to get a handle on their day, you know. Um, so a lot of conventional wisdom will tell you have that out at four in the morning. So everybody wakes up to it. I don't want mine at four in the morning when I wake up to it. I want it like on Sunday when, you know, people are looking at their email cause they're kind of bored, you know, otherwise, why are they looking at it? That type of thing. Talk a little bit about what inspires you to write your own book. Oh, um, okay. So the three core with copywriting, there's three main phases. The first is the research. That's where all the power in your marketing comes from. And I don't care what anybody says. Um, if you know, that's where you find out what's what is it they're craving. What's the offer that the audience really wants, right? And the um, the the second phase is coming up with a, having a good gut and coming up with that first idea the big idea out of that research and knowing what you want to say and then, and then writing the first draft. And as you sit down and write that first draft, that should be the shortest process of, part of the entire process of copywriting. If you're like, I've got to write an email today and you sit down to a blank screen, you're going to lose to someone who's been walking around and doing research and thinking about what they want to say, what their message is. Well, editing is where all the professionalism comes in. And I've heard people talk about it for, you know, ad nauseum, you know, David Ogilvie said it, my dad said it and everything. They say, I'm not a great copywriter. I'm a fantastic researcher and a terrific editor, but nobody ever taught anybody how to edit sales copy. And I had been helping a lot of top copywriters going through their stuff and saying, hey, you know, you should do this or you should do that um, and reword it this way. Do you see why? And I, when I was getting ready to write the series, which I've got the other two, um, the first drafts are already done now. But when I, when I did it, I was like, you know what? Nobody's ever written a book on editing sales copy ever before. And I raced to get that one out because, you know, I wanted that, that title of being the first one to do it. But the concepts in there allow people to keep people reading. And it's a lot more than saying, but wait, there's more. <laughs> it's how to inject hidden psychology. It's how to rearrange everything. It's how to end sentences on a punchy, on a punchy point. Um, using incomplete thoughts with complete sentences so they so they want to continue you know reading and everybody with copy and this is and by the way this also matters for VSLs YouTube videos and so forth everybody's looking for a place to stop paying attention and move on without feeling like they're missing something in their lives what we what I try and train you to do is not give them that point of like ah okay I know what this is all about I can stop reading at this point Okay, and then, you know, and then keep and keeping them reading. So one of the best copywriters in the world um, is, you know, if you compared him to my father, uh, his first drafts were nowhere near as professional or as well polished as my dad's first draft. My dad grew up 
um, in the era, you know, and started working in his business way before there were uh, word processing programs. So I remember he would handwrite this stuff out on legal pads and we would go over to Postal Instant Press where he, he had a typist who would type it all out. We'd wait, he'd, get, he'd pick it up. We'd go to actually rock and roll Denny's in Hollywood, right? And we would go over there, we'd sit down and he would go through it and make a few notes and changes and then go back and have it retyped. And this was expensive and time consuming. So he learned how to write his promos, you know, as, as close to perfect as possible right from the get-go. I and most everybody works in a completely different manner. So he was walking around for 30 days practicing the speech and his pitch in the head, in his head to the perfect avatar, right? Um, whereas what I do is I walk around, I get great ideas, I take notes on my iPhone, I come back, I start putting that down on paper, and then I will walk around some more, come back, and I will add things and move things around and, you know, change the process. And that's the way I think, I, that's, by the way, the way I think people should be working right now. But he had to learn how to do that in that way. And in fact, um, he's pretty famous for telling people to use legal pads on, um, you know, the long yellow ones, uh, manila ones. And the reason he did that, a lot of people didn't know, is because one legal pad of his handwriting equaled one print of type. So he would know when he was coming to the end of a page and he could ramp up the excitement and the curiosity to get the, to get somebody to turn the page. So it came from his direct mail days. And, you know, that kind of taught me to pay attention to the experience that everybody is having. Because there's a lot of mistakes I think copywriters and marketers still make. And, you know, one, one of them is not paying attention to what the real user experience is like. So, you know, for example, one of the things they'll do is they'll say, you know, hey, you know, Kevin, you know, read this for me, right? And they hand it to you and it's your assistant, it's your partner and so forth. And you read the whole thing. And the reason you do that is because you know them, you're friends with them, <laughs> you know, uh, it, it, but the truth is I don't have to read your whole thing. I could take that. I could take that, you know, I'm not talking about you, but I'm saying yeah. <laughs> somebody sends me an email. As soon as I get a little bored, I can click off it without offending anybody. And so you don't really know what that's like. Um, and, you you know, so they're like, oh, well, you know, my mother-in-law loves it. My wife loves it. My, my business partner loves it and all that. And they especially love this part that it's, that it's, that's at the end that no prospect ever actually gets to because mm -hmm. they got bored early. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Bond, I, I have a question about, I don't know your business model. I assume it's fee-based is, is one way. Um, I don't know if you have equity participation deals that you do or don't do. Um, and the last part of that is, do you guys ever launch any of your own proprietary launches uh, for whether they be products or services? Well, actually, um, I quit the, 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 the client game early on. And that's because the richest copywriters in the world write for themselves. There you okay? go. They, they, that's, just the, that's just a fact. Yeah. Um, the ones that I can name that are really, really well off, it's because, you know, um, if you go for generally, my father was the first one to get a percentage. There was a guy before him who would get a nickel for every letter mailed. That was the closest thing they got to beyond their fee. Right. But he started charging 5% of the gross. He wanted to charge part of the profit, but then he realized that people were going to play these accounting games. So he had to charge a piece of the gross. Right. Absolutely. And, 5%, you know, of a million dollars, you know, is $50,000, right? 
But, you know, if you own your own business and you, you know, you have, let's say you're selling an info product, you can invest, ha reinvest half of it in 50, you know, um, half of that million dollars into more ad campaigns, delivery products, and you're still going to make out a, with a whole lot more money than $50,000. So you make more money selling your own products. So what we do is we actually teach people how to write copy. We teach people how to create their ads. Um, and that, that's the focus of my brother and myself. And it's, you know, it's, it's just a lot better lifestyle, you know, um, for me than it is, but, the, but there are people, there are some people who do the equity game. Uh, the problem with the equity game is you get people who are very mad that, you know, they're still working. They're on the managerial side, they're slaving away and everything, but they see the copywriter as somebody who wrote this piece of copy. They don't see what goes into it. The 20 years of experience learning that knowledge. And now they're, you know, their Instagram is filled with them hanging out on the beach and, you know, <laughs> not working hard and everything. And they get very bitter about that check that they write. Right. So a lot of times there's, there ends up being this issue and there's the managerial side and the copywriting side. What happens is the, the copywriter eventually goes, thinks to themselves, oh, I can hire somebody else to manage for $60,000, $100,000 a year and keep a lot more. The, the managerial side thinks the same thing about the copywriter. They're like, I see these copywriters that are only charging 10 grand for an ad, you know, and I could, and I could, I could save a lot of money there and then it doesn't work out. So the ones that actually make the most that I know of have either, um, they do, they do some management as well with their, as well as their copy, or they have a family actually working together that they can trust and they both both sides respect what the other one does right but that that's just but that's with the equity with the five percent of the gross thing that is actually where the big boys play and the important part of that the copywriter and this is where um i i excel at which is it's about being a marketing expert more than it is about being great with with words it's about the research. It's about the message, you know? So, you know, we're, we all remember the dominoes when they first came out with that 30 minutes or less campaign. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So what happened was at that time, there were thousands of pizza joints all over the country. And they were like, we got the freshest ingredients. We have this original recipe from my grandmother from Italy. We have the, the, the one that award, uh, that won the taste award. Well, they went out and did some research and found out everybody was sick and tired of not knowing when their pizza was going to show up, right? And because somebody would order it at lunch and it would, because it was in the rush, it would take two hours. And then all of a sudden, you know, when it came, they, it was, you know, they, their lunch break had passed or so they, so they compensated for it. They ordered it at 10 AM the next tomorrow, you know, the next time that they did it and it would come so fast by the time their break come, the pizza was cold. And so they got frustrated with this. So Domino says, hey, why don't we guarantee 30 minutes or less? Now, would it make a difference if they said 30 minutes or it's free, half an hour or it's on us? The wording really wasn't nearly as important as the message was, right? And so with if you're playing in the 5% game, you have to have that kind of respect with the people to make sure because the key part of any marketing campaign is the market, is the offer matching the market and is it coming to the right person at the right time? That makes the copywriting job easily, easy. You know, if, you know, and there's like one of the things that I think is a big mistake that a lot of copywriters make or business owners too, is 
you talk to a business owner and you say, okay, well, who's this for? And they say it's for everybody. They say it's for the beginner and they say it's for the expert. And that may be true, but your ad, your campaign, your target should be towards just one, you know, one of those or somebody who's in between the market level sophistication should match the person that you're talking to and the ad campaign should match that. If it doesn't, you know, you lose, you lose too many people and it's easy to do. You can run three campaigns, one that goes to beginners, one goes to the intermediate level sophistication and one that goes to the, to the, you know, the ones who are the most knowledgeable in the crowd. You just shouldn't be running one campaign that's trying to shotgun all of them. And, you know, so when it comes to that 5% game, you better, you have to make sure that, you know, because look, if they're not if they're not making sure that the right offers put in front of the right people at the right time, you know, five percent of zero is zero. You know, <laughs> and so to make to make those numbers, you want to make sure they're hitting the they're hitting the right audience at the right time with the right offer, and you care more about that. And you're looking at everything. You're looking at their lifetime value of their clients, the average order value, everything. You're awesome. talking my language, Bond, all day long here, man. I, I, I love listening to you, by the way. It's, it, oh, thank it's, you. It's been been a pleasure. And um, and and just, um, I, you know, I, I've been in, in your world going all the way back to the, the early days. I got involved with the infomercial, the space, the as seen on TV. So, um, you know, what was funny about our, it, it, how I got a little lucky it, when I first got started, I saw people at the Chicago uh, show, the, the, the Philadelphia Home Show, this, you know, where, where they were pitch men, right? Yep. So they had already developed the pitch, which was the copy to make the sale. And, and they'd done, you know, the, you know, Arnold Morris was the knife guy and Wally Nash was the walk guy and Sandy Mason was the mixer and then, and, and, and Jack LaLanne was the juicer guy. They, they had perfected their pitch over months, if not years, based on trial and error and, and having 10 people in front of them and nine walking and, and then getting 10 people and only six walking and, you know, understanding that, you know, it's that it, when they performed it live. So um, I, I had an advantage because I didn't have to write the copy. I, I kind of got it turned over to me in many cases. Well, you know what? Actually, then, uh, okay, I'll tell you how far back I go. I was on the set when they filmed uh, the Nancy Kwan Pearl Cream infomercial. Yeah, that's uh, yeah. <laughs> I knew Mr. Rob Robinson, uh, the, the, uh, Frank, that did that project. Yeah, um, <laughs> God bless him. Yeah, no, no, I was, you know. But the one thing that I would say, I want to say that you you hit the nail on that a lot of people don't understand is the trial and error part. You know, right. they. They think they hire a copywriter. And the other thing that you hit on, right, which was it was the salesmanship and the message. You, my dad actually would sometimes go door to door with his first major offer, and he would talk to them, and he would monitor their expression to see when he was losing them. And then he would put it into print. In fact, I would. it's easier to take a master salesperson and record what they're saying, right? And he would teach you to record and keep recording till you forget the recordings going, right? Record it all the time. And then when you did one and it was pitch perfect, then stop it and go have that transcribed and make that yeah. your copy. That was a better way to do it than yeah. to sit down and, and you know, you know, doing it the other way. Well, we, we, we are on the same wavelength. Yeah, very <laughs> cool. we, we greatly appreciate your time. We know it's incredibly valuable. Bond, where do you want our viewers and our listeners to go to learn more? 
Um, actually, I'm going to give you a couple resources. One is bondhalbert.com. Okay. I'm just fleshing that out. Um, and then there is the GaryHalbertLetter.com. If, um, you know, that is the inspiration for a lot of copywriters and a lot of, a lot, you know, it is, it's, it's like the online Mecca of <laughs> copywriting and you will, you know, when you, people start learning about advertising, but you know, don't get lost in the idea of it's being copywriting. Think of it as, as creating advertising. You know, I try and teach, I people ask me what I do. I say, I teach people how to write effective advertising because it is much more than just, like I said, fancy words and stuff like that. So those are two great, great resources. You'll get a lot out of. Awesome. This has been Seth Green with Kevin Harrington for Sharkpreneur here with Bond Halbert. Bond, thanks again so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. Our pleasure. Thank you for watching or listening. We'll talk to you or see you next time. Do you need money to fund your idea, product, or service? Are you ready to take your business to the next level but need capital to get it done? Kevin Harrington has heard more than 50,000 pitches and knows how to help you make the perfect pitch to get the funding for your entrepreneurial dream. He's distilled the process down in his perfect pitch cheat sheet, and it's yours for free. Just text PITCH to him right now at 727-888-2100. Text PITCH to 727-888-2100 right now and claim your free perfect pitch cheat sheet. Text PITCH to 727-888-2100 to start funding your dream today. This show has been produced by Market Domination, LLC. To discover how you can have your own show completely done for you and turn it into a real published book and become the authority in your marketplace, go to www.marketdominationllc.com slash podcast offer. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.